Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you to make better financial decisions in your life. Today, I want to talk about higher education, insane tuition, completely not understandable financial aid, and the craziness of admission. So the great news, the way college has been done, it's not how it's going to be done, which is going to be great for families with kids who are growing up who may go to college someday. And later, oh, get ready for the broken record machine here. Wells Fargo has done it again, and not in a good way. And their public statements, not remorseful at all. What is wrong with that bank's culture? So let's talk about the culture of applying for college. So the way colleges worked is colleges have posted these unbelievably high tuitions you look at any of them and you're like could it really be that much money for a year of college but then oh wait there's more here's a financial package for you if you'll come to our school i remember when our middle child who's now a college graduate thank goodness when she was applying to colleges she was getting financial offers from schools and when she wouldn't bite three of them came back with more generous financial packages for her and what a game and what a joke that you play hard to get and the net cost of the college goes down well colleges now other than maybe the top 30 colleges in the united states some number like that are facing a shortage of students We've got a demographic cycle we're in that there's not as many people coming of age at the normal age to go into college. We have societal doubt about the value of college. Uh, I've talked about how there are employers now that used to require automatically a college degree, even if it had nothing to do with the work someone was going to do, now no longer requiring that. Um, College is just a check mark in many cases, is over. College for learning a set of skills or a specific profession, that's what it's about now. And so colleges are having to rethink how they become relevant. I talked months ago about what's called direct admissions, where people are getting acceptances to colleges they haven't even applied to trying to use that as a recruiting tool to get students to consider going to a place. And then there are the schools. This first started, I think, three years ago. There were colleges cutting their retail rate on tuition. And more are doing that now. Uh, There was a college in New Hampshire. 
that was in the news recently that cut its retail price on tuition from 46000 to 17000 Now, how did they come up with the amount 17000 It turned out that when they ran all the numbers on the games that are being played with this is retail and this is we offer you this and that and the other, that they were netting out per student 17000 They were like, let's quit all the games and just make the tuition seventeen grand, And so there is a change going on. And because of the shortage of students, it means that you have much more negotiating power when you're trying to negotiate with a college. And again, when you get out of that upper crust of schools that still remain in a situation where uh, the parents and maybe their child are groveling for an acceptance at that school, you get outside that small number of schools, there are thousands and thousands of colleges and universities in the United States of all different levels of prestige, state schools, private schools, whatever. Even within state school systems now, there are state schools that have faced declining enrollment. And states are saying, wait a minute, maybe people don't see value and what we're offering, we need to look at the curriculum we're offering, and we need to look at tuition. And so in a number of states now, there are differences in tuitions depending on which state school you go to to make schools more affordable, to make them a more attractive choice. Uh, the whole thing is college worth it or not. The overall data shows that college still has enormous lifetime benefit in terms of overall earning power over a lifetime and the level of unemployment that college graduates face during economic slowdowns versus those without a college degree. But that's an overall kind of thing because a big thing now in the marketplace is the specific skill set you get. And that doesn't have to be at college. It could be at a trade school. It could be at a technical college. It could be at community college. As for community colleges and trade schools, they've been having a rough run lately. A lot of times, state-supported technical colleges and community colleges have not been aligning with what employers are looking for. And the states that have really done a good job of aligning the needs of of the workplace with a student who gets those skills, those are the states where the community colleges and state-supported trade schools are remaining relevant, maybe more relevant than ever. And that's a change that needs to be clearly made around the United States, is that education has to be relevant and valuable to the workplace. Otherwise, yeah, that degree may not be worth the paper it's written on, even though it may have cost two or three hundred thousand dollars to get that degree krista Uh, i've got this question from e i'm not going to say the state i don't think it really matters e says is there a way to will money to my child without the mother knowing i would like to set it aside for school but i have a feeling that may not happen okay uh so we got something to unpack here understand the issue that Money that would be intended for a child for a specific purpose may be scarfed away by the mom. Okay, so how would you do that? First, if you go to a lawyer 
a lawyer can prepare a will that has something in it called a testamentary trust, which establishes a trustee, not the mom, and a purpose or the purposes that that money can be used for. So the will has in it both the message and the messenger. You have the trustee, who's an individual, could be a family member, a non-family member who you trust to carry out your wishes on behalf of your child. And that is a very common way of doing it. And that will does not have to be seen by the mom and would not be aware of it till the time of your passing. And that would be one way to do it. Another would be to establish a 529 college savings plan for your child, naming you as the owner of the plan, your child as the beneficiary, and then you name, uh, in most states, you can name a subsequent owner of that account in the event of your passing. It would be someone other than the mother who would see to it that it's used for the purpose intended for your child's college education. And again, a lawyer, estate planning work will be able to make suggestions for different issues to protect the interests of your child that you haven't even thought about. And in complicated family situations, I say never do a will on your own. Never do a will with a lawyer who only did one one time for his or her brother-in-law. You want to see a lawyer who this is their specialty area, wills, estates, and trusts. Sorry you're going through that. That's a pretty yeah. hard situation. Anaris in Kentucky says, I'm 34 years old and currently contributing $600 a month to a brokerage account. My advisor is splitting it half cash, half large cap purchase. I'm already contributing 5% into my Roth 401k and getting a 5% employer match. Should I keep that $600 all cash with no investment? Am I investing too much? Okay, we got some things to talk about here. You're in an ultra high cost brokerage account. And so when you're in a brokerage account through a bank or an insurance company, you're paying very, very high costs versus what you have with the Roth 401k. The Roth 401k has enormous advantages to you. I would rather see you have some amount of money you put into savings every month and reduce that 600 down and put more money into the Roth 401k, especially if your employer is a large employer, the costs on that 401k plan will be far, far lower than what you're paying for that ultra expensive brokerage account and fees every day, every month, every year. And the Roth grows tax-free. The money you have in the brokerage account is taxable. The earnings on that are taxable. The earnings on savings are taxed at the highest possible tax rate known as ordinary income tax. So you could much more efficiently open an online savings account with an online bank or go to a credit union, fund that savings account every month with a few hundred dollars a month and take the remainder of that and boost the amount of money you're putting in that Roth 401k because having money you're putting in that grows tax-free and ultimately is spent tax-free is so superior to putting money in accounts that are subject to tax now and later. 
Tracy in Alaska says, my wife recently introduced me to your podcast, and after Christmas, while searching for a new car radio online, I remembered one of your tips that my wife taught me, which she learned from your show. I found an open box car radio that I was interested in purchasing, and I left it in the shopping cart overnight. To my pleasant surprise, the price dropped by $30 the next day. That made the total new price $100 less than a new model. I was absolutely floored that it worked. Since then, I've placed items in my online cart that are of interest and have gotten emails offering discounts from at least two more retailers. My wife and I, along with our middle school-aged son, now listen to the show while running errands to get tips and learn more about smart spending and saving. Okay, so that's really cruel of you to make a middle schooler I know. listen to us. Well, middle schoolers, you know, maybe deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are tough years for a Get kid, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Uh, so I love that this worked for you. You know, it can boomerang where you leave something in your cart and the price goes up. But more often than not, this pays off playing hard to get. And there's something I was thinking of buying that I put in a cart and I later decided not to buy it, I'm getting reminders all the time and they're offering me better deals and all that. And and I'm still not going to buy it because I really decided I don't need it. So it's not always going to work, but it sure is a great strategy with retail, especially online retail. Play hard to get. So you know who plays hard to get? Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo, one of the country's four giant monster mega banks, repeatedly tries to make sure you hate them. I have the latest installment in Can You Believe This with Wells Fargo coming for you straight ahead. And as I've said now for 10 years, 11 years, with Wells Fargo, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when they're going to hurt you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wells Fargo has engaged in years and years and years of criminal practices. And to this moment, as best I can tell, not a single perpetrator at Wells Fargo has gone to prison. You know, with big corporations, when they repeatedly break the law and bring great harm to people, generally the penalties are always money. And to companies, money is just like, oh, well, it's not really going to hurt our earnings. And Wells Fargo has had this culture that has encouraged breaking the law again and again and again. So Wells Fargo, after having to pay huge fines repeatedly, pay restitution repeatedly, now has just been hit with the largest fine in the history of banking regulation, $1.7 billion, and having to pay yet another after billions and billions and billions of dollars in restitution to mistreated customers, they're having to pay more. So what have they done? They have engaged in practices of not posting payments that customers have made, 
for mortgages. They have foreclosed on people's homes who were paying their mortgages. They have repoed autos that people were making their payments on. They have charged people overdraft fees when people had money in their account. And as you know, the prior stuff that goes back to 2011, they have been fined for opening accounts without people's knowledge or consent so employees could get bonuses from Wells Fargo. This company has now paid, according to a compilation from the feds, they have now had to pay $6.2 billion just over the last six years. And I saw a New York Times piece, they've now paid a total of $20 billion in fines and restitutions, one after another, after another, after another. Now, two CEOs have been fired for overseeing corrupt and criminal practices. Now they got yet another one in there. And when is this culture ever going to change? And I believe that the culture has no reason to change until people fear having a prisoner number, until people end up behind bars. Because I kept assuming that the embarrassments that Wells has experienced would lead to changes in behavior. But now, you know, like Missouri, the show me state, I got to tell you, Wells Fargo, you're going to have to show the American people by being on your best behavior over and over again that you got your act together and you are an embarrassment to capitalism. I am through and through a capitalist. I believe so fiercely in the free market. And there will always be people who do the wrong thing in life, and there will be people who do the wrong thing in the free market and capitalism. But Wells Fargo, I mean, my goodness, this is just absolutely terrible. And again, corporate speak. This far-reaching agreement is an important milestone in our work to transform the operating practices at Wells Fargo and to put these issues behind us. Okay. How many times have you issued a corporate speak statement like that through the $20 billion plus in fines and restitution over the last 12 years? My goodness. And so it's always tough to know when the coast is clear and when a company gets its ethical act together that has behaved unethically and criminally, just know that Wells is still a work in progress. Krista? So this was actually sent into Clark Stinks, but I thought it would be appropriate here. Michael says, Clark, for a long time now, you've complained about the business practices at Wells Fargo. So I was shocked when I got my newsletter and there was a recommendation for a Wells Fargo credit card. Has your opinion of Wells changed so much? I think we know the answer to that one, Michael. Does the staff not know about the issues with Wells Fargo? I don't know if this stinks, but it does seem like confusing signals. Yeah, so I addressed this on the podcast last year with the Wells Fargo credit card and all the conversations we had about it. The Wells Fargo credit card has had from time to time fantastic sign-up bonuses, and it's a 2% cash back card. That's my platinum standard 
for a credit card. So uh, we talked and talked and talked about, do we censor ourselves and not list the Wells Fargo card or people being really aware of what I've said about Wells Fargo over the last decade plus? Is it buyer beware with the Wells Fargo card? And we made a decision, rightly or wrongly, that we should list the Wells Fargo card. It's a fantastic credit card even though the danger is Wells Fargo's corporate culture. But you're not as in danger with just a credit card. Not as in danger with just a credit card, which was one of the things we talked about, that the problems at Wells Fargo over the last uh, many, many, many years going back, I think the original criminal behavior started in 2006 or seven, and discovered several years later with a credit card That's not been an area we've had complaints about. It's like everything else at Wells Fargo, too. But let me tell you, we had a lot of very heated conversations into arguments about whether or not we should list the Wells Fargo card. Dave in Virginia says, my daughter will be studying abroad. She's an authorized user on my Capital One Quicksilver card, which has no international fees, but my Capital One account also has a performance savings account with $50,000 in it. Is there any risk to that savings account if she is scammed? I guess the question can apply within the U.S. as well. So there's no issue with her being scammed that that money that you have in savings would be at risk for a credit card. But you should know, and this is a great question you've asked because there's something a lot of people are not aware of. Why is it so many credit card operations try to get you to open a savings account with them? Because their savings accounts have in them what's known generically as a cross-default clause. If you end up defaulting on your credit card bill and you don't pay your bill, they all have provisions. I think, I don't know if there's any exceptions to I said they all, I pretty much think it's everybody, where they can go in and seize other funds you have on hand in the institution to deal with an unpaid balance on any loan you have with them. In this case, with a credit card company, they could take the money from the savings to deal with an unpaid balance. But in terms of fraud activity, no, no connection there. Brenda in Georgia says, my son, who is now 44, has a second Amex card on my account. He's had it since he was in his teens. Will this hurt his credit if I cancel the secondary card? He's getting divorced and I don't want to hurt his credit. He hasn't used the Amex card in many years. Okay, so what your son should do is before he gets fully in the phase of divorce, he should apply for a new credit card on his own. I'm hopeful and assuming that he has credit standing that's good enough to qualify for a card because he wants to replace the balance that's available to him on the Amex. The other way to handle it is you could ask him for the physical card back, but leave the available credit there for him, which will help a lot with his credit score. So basically, he's renting your credit standing by having that available credit. But the first option is much more desirable that he apply for and get a new card on his own standing. And that would be the right, safest, and best move for him to not see a reduction in his credit score. Will it be easier for him to get an Amex, do you think, if he doesn't have other cards since he's already had his As an authorized user at Amex, he could certainly try that. Okay. I didn't know if it mattered. Um, and if you, if you get your son to set up a Credit Karma dashboard, 
one of the tools they have there is based on your credit score. They'll show you cards that you're likely to get approved for, and they'll show you the odds of approval. So if your son's kind of on the bubble credit-wise and not sure if he's likely to be approved for a card, with Credit Karma, without a hard inquiry on your credit, you can see the likelihood of success or failure in applying for a card. Now, what's in it for Credit Karma? They get referral fees from the credit card company. If you end up applying for a card, get approved, they get money from them. That's one of the ways Credit Karma makes its money. So I want you to know if you have a question, opinion, something you'd like to share, why don't you join our free Clark.com community at community.clark.com where we all work together as members of Team Clark to serve each other, guide each other, help each other. Have a great day.